the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed in the program are not necessarily those of this radio station or its sponsors and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. You should always consult the appropriate advisor before making any financial decision. All rights reserved. Now, AM 1220 KEOW presents... New Focus on Wealth with certified financial planner Chad Burton, drawing from his 20-year background in finance and investing to help you make sense of your money matters. New Focus on Wealth. Get a new focus on personal finance, wealth management, Wall Street, and the economy. Now your host for New Focus on Wealth, Chad Burton. Joining me now, CFP Chad Burton to talk about bear markets, bull markets, retiring, good times, retiring, and bad times, and much, much more. Chad is a CFP. He is also a regional director with EP Wealth. He's my former business co-founder at New Focus Financial. In 2021, we flipped the script and sold to a bigger company and large part merged because they had a lot of cool offerings. We'll talk about that and much, much more as we uh, focus on getting you into retirement and through retirement in good times and bad times. Chad, I'm taking a quick look at a chart right now and I'm seeing... 2008, 2000, then 1992, late 80s. I'm seeing some bear markets in there, but generally speaking, I'm seeing up markets. We happen to be in 2022. And like I like to say, it is a good time to talk about the worst time to retire. Um, First and foremost, good to be with you again. How are you doing, Chad? Doing well, doing well. But yeah, I mean, I think you, we, we do have to acknowledge we're right in the thick of um, one of the scariest times to have started retirement, to be going into retirement. Um, these types of, you know, the stock market declines are normal, right? The, if we look at the past, even 50 years, we've got over 70% of the time, slightly over 70% of the time, the markets, the stock market is positive if we're looking at the S&P 500. Um, a little less than 30% of the time it's negative over the last 50 years and average returns of over 11%. And when the market's negative, the average loss is around negative 13%. So, you know, the market's doing what it, what it's always done, right? You go through these periods of growth and then some contraction, you go through recession, but what's been toughest on retirees that go into retirement with here's some cash and then here's my balanced portfolio of stocks and bonds Rob, this is the worst, you know, this, we're living through the worst bond market in, you know, since the 1960s. Um, that's what concerns retirees. So we have to acknowledge that this is a very scary time. So let's talk about the relationship between bond market and retirees. Mm-hmm. Um, how important, again, as a younger man, and I still see myself as younger, even though realistically I have all gray hair now. Um as a younger man, I, I really skewed away from bonds. But as I'm getting older, it's going to be a part of my portfolio, for better or for worse, as a way of getting income to replace my W-2 income that I had in working years. Mm-hmm. What do I need to know about the bond market in these terrible times? 
Well, um, first of all, I think, you know, when interest rates were historically low, you go into 2007 when the rate on the U.S. 10-year treasury bond, where you're basically loaning money to the government for 10 years and you know you're going to get your money back, was over 4.5%. And fast forward into the Great Recession, where there was a lot of stimulus into the economy and the Federal Reserve not only lowering the overnight lending rate between banks, but literally going out and buying bonds, even through COVID, to stabilize the bond market, bring the bond prices up and the interest rates low, we start 2022 with the 10-year treasury under 2%. And so now we're, you know, as you, as you approach that 4% number on the 10-year treasury, that's when you start to get that, that competition between stocks and bonds again. And to kind of go back, you know, over 28 years ago when I got into this business, it was, you know, here's about 15 to 20% in cash and then the rest in cash instruments, like things like CDs that used to earn 4 or 5%. And then the rest of the portfolio might be 40% stocks, 60% bonds. Well, as interest rates declined and went to rates that weren't even keeping up with inflation, the average investor went more into equities, you know, 60 to 70% equities and the rest in fixed income. And so the, the balanced portfolio has changed over time to be more aggressive because interest rates were so low on bonds. And that'll start to flip as you get to see as, as interest rates float up. And now, I don't think they're going to float up as high as they were prior to like, you know, 2004 or five. But, you know, it's been the most, <laughs> I guess, anticipated projected rise in rates that we've ever seen. And when interest rates go up, it's an inverse relationship. As rates go up, the bonds that you own and the bond funds that you own go down in value, which isn't a big deal unless people panic and sell and turn those paper losses into real losses. Because the way a bond works, even though on paper it looks like it's at a loss, as long as you hold it to maturity, you get your money back in, mo in most cases, unless there's a credit issue. That's good to know. Mm -hmm. So you start, said at the start of 2022, I almost want to change the timeline to halfway through 2021. I got a mortgage for 2.5%. Flash forward to halfway through 2022, mortgages are at 6%. That's the craziest jump in mortgage rates I've ever seen in my life. And it's kind of got that same relationship with bonds, I believe. Is that correct? Absolutely. I think that you know, mortgages are going to be more closely tied. I think we have to, first of all, step back and remember, what is the Fed doing? They're, they're dealing with the overnight lending rate between banks. Okay. And so that's going to affect the more of the short-term loans. And, and they're in, as they increase interest rates, the short end of the curve or shorter-term bonds go up in rate. And... When you're going into a slowdown, people aren't willing to invest long-term money in long-term bonds. So all of a sudden, you get short-term bonds paying more than long-term bonds. It's an inverted yield curve, which is typically, you know, we're either in a, a slowdown of the economy or it's, it's coming. Um, so it's, it's kind of one of those things where you've you got to step back and, and take a fresh look at the portfolio. What am I going to do now in the light of rising rates, a little higher inflation than what we're used to over the last couple of decades. Because Rob, you and I have been doing this for a long time. And right. we just, I mean, we saw two decades of inflation that was much lower than what the previous 50 or 60 years was. Mm -hmm. So the mortgage that I got in 2021 means I overpaid for my real estate. But it's interesting because I feel pretty good that I have that mortgage for the next 29 and a half years, roughly. Mm -hmm. um, so even when there's these changes, 
it, it's worthy of note. You can lock in, like I locked in last year, mortgage rate. Should I lock in bond rates this year? Because I've always said on the radio, if interest rates are above 3.5%, you buy bonds. If interest rates are below 3.5% on the 10-year, you buy stocks. Way too simple of a formula. But that's always where I kind of start my compass, so to speak. Should I be locking in? Not necessarily right now. I think averaging into okay. both the stock and the bond market. If if you're in it, you're 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 in it. You just have to take a look at your portfolio and make minor adjustments. If you've been sitting on cash, you're waiting to invest cash, picking a four to six month period where you're just going to average in and not be emotional about it. That's what makes sense, and that's what works over time. But most of the time, you're going to look back at a negative time in the market or or even bond market and say, "Gosh, I wish I just would have gone all in." But that, that's scary, right? A lot of people can't just go all in. So averaging in just makes you feel a little bit better, if that makes sense. Um, uh, and you know, what we will go through a situation where rates will rise a little bit, and then the economy will slow down, and then the Federal reverse course, and and then we're off to the growth phase again. You know, it's kind of these seven to ten year rotations. Are you seeing any green shoots or anything positive in the economy right now? Because a lot of the focus in 2022 has been about inflation and higher interest rates, but not about a lot of the other negative things that are out there. We're not really talking about those. And we're also not talking about the positives. We've got about 30 seconds to chat about this. Well, it's, it's, it's just kind of an adjustment. I think the positives are the demand out there is still very, very high. Um, but it, it, it's a supply chain issue. And so how long will the demand stay high as we deal with the supply chain issues and, and, and what's going to give first. Um, the underlying economy is very, very healthy. Dis- mm-hmm. It's just the supply chain. We got to get it back online. We got to deglobalize and bring stuff back into the US. I asked Chad earlier in the show, what podcast are you listening to these days? And he came back with Chad. Uh, well, probably Ben Greenfield is my favorite. So I, I listen to, to what's called biohacking or health and fitness podcasts on my downtime because I listen to financial and read financial information all day long. But <clears throat> what, the, you know, what I've learned with retirement, especially getting into this business at the age of 19, you know, almost 29 years ago, and dealing with people in their 70s and 80s, um, health is so important because I would see these couples that would talk about how their, their entire week would be spent with each of them going to multiple doctor's appointments. It's like how they'll plan their entire week with, I got to go to this doctor and then this doctor and this doctor, and they're each driving each other around to these different medical events. And, um, you know, then having kids and I've got older kids and I've got a younger child, knowing when when they like to do things like travel with you versus, nope, they're in college and they want to do spring break with their friends. Yeah, I just, it's changed my thoughts of retirement. It's made health and fitness way more important. I even talked to clients about it. And it's made me kind of say, you know what? I, I love this business. I don't mind working into my 70s. And I want to make sure that I enjoy the things that I love to do now, you know, hella skiing and wake surfing and, you know, all the stuff that's hard on your body now while I'm, you know, very, very healthy. And I've also seen that when people do either work or they volunteer a lot late in life, they remain healthier, happier, and sharper. And um, so does that make sense? It's like oh, concentrate sure. on health 
And Let me give you two real life examples. My mom died with millions of dollars, but last 10 years of her life, she was a shut in. She watched TV and she slowly died. Uh, she didn't socialize one bit. My in laws, they're 85 years old and they're healthy as oxes and they're probably gonna die with no money, which right. is fine. But at least the grandchildren get to see the grandparents. So I think there's, that's a real life example of why you want to stay healthy. Um, spend your wealth, uh, enjoy life, and, and create memories with your children, like you like to say. Right. And some of the most miserable retirees that I see are the ones that are working 60, 70 hours a week and their, their career is their life. Okay. And then they hit whatever, you know, a portfolio milestone or age that they say, okay, now I'm going to retire. And a lot of times it's the, the other spouse driving that decision. You know, hey, I want you home with me. You know, this is, you're, you're working too much at this age. And they don't practice retirement. They haven't started to work on their health. And what happens is, is if you don't have those life plans that get you out of bed, and the first thing you do is, you know, get out of bed, exercise right away. Um, you know, have a have a a daily plan for your life because if you don't, what'll happen is you go from from being wanted and needed at work to all of a sudden you're you're a little bit lost. Um, you go from feeding your four hundred one k every two weeks and watching everything grow to focusing on your portfolio, which has got to last the next thirty five years. Your risk tolerance drops in the toilet. Then you start reading financial news and listening to you know Jim Cramer on TV, and you, you start freaking out about your portfolio and and not concentrating on the things that you're supposed to in life, and, and you're just miserable. And so, prior to retirement, with ten years, you start focusing on your health. And start focusing on on thinking about what you want retirement to be like, realizing that the happiest people I know in retirement are the ones that say, I'm so busy now, I don't know how I had time to work. So you just brought up Jim Cramer, and we'll get back to investing in down markets or retirement down markets probably in the next segment. But you just brought up Jim Cramer, and he's easy one to beat up on. Um, he's a cheerleader. He's the church of what's working now. When things go bad, he's still the church of what's working now. Um, but what do you think about some of the legendary investors like Stanley Drunkenmiller warning there's a high probability the stock market will be flat for decades? And then on the other hand, you get Warren Buffett, who's like the best opportunities are in down markets. It's like, shut yeah. up. I need to hear only one of these two people. I know. Well, you got to remember that everything on the internet is, is a, is clickbait, right? right. So they're going to always enough. do either the, the, the gloomiest predictions or the, you know, it's basically playing on fear and greed, right? There's nothing in the middle. That's why you have, CNN and you have Fox News, right? There's nothing in the middle these days. And that even is uh, financial news, it seems. Um, yeah, yeah, I look at the numbers. I think probably, I think one of the smartest guys on Wall Street is Scott Minard with Guggenheim. Um, Gunlock is pretty smart too, but I think it's it's kind of comes from the sell side when you want to freak everybody out about the stock market. You know, they're obviously going to want to go buy more bonds. Um, so you have to always, where are these predictions coming from? What's their angle? Um, if they're a bond manager and they're f- trying to freak people out on the stock markets because they want you to sell stocks and buy bonds. And the the right answer is never going all in or all out. Never met anybody that does that successfully over time. I've met people that got out before a bigger decline and then they stayed out. I, I just met somebody with a, a millions of dollars in a portfolio that's been out of the market for five years and has missed out on a huge run. And... Part of it was because they they were working with a, a previous friend advisor and they were both very negative on the U.S. in terms of the direction where society is going, right? And if I, it, 
you got to remember, I, I started working with people that were lived through the depression, Rob. <laughs> and so I've heard that so many times of every single generation throughout my career, they all say that. And you can be annoyed with who's president and what's going on socially in the world and, and the unrest, um, you know, the, the riots in Portland, Oregon, for example. You have to be able to separate what's going on politically with investing. It's two different things because you've got your, you know, your president and your Congress over here and what's going on with society. Is it leaning left? Is it leaning right? But these companies are run by CEOs and CEOs find a way to make money in good economies, bad economies, different political environments, different social environments. And there's always opportunities. So you can have these conversations about what's going on in the world and in society and be either positive or negative about it. But investing is a different, it's a totally different conversation. You have to keep an eye on revenues and, and costs and profitability. And that's what tells the story with investing. Um, so you have to separate the two and it's, it's hard to do. But whether it's Russia, whether it's North Korea, whether it's Afghanistan, uh, it, it's, it's the same, you know, over the, just started the 29th year in the business, it's the same play with different actors every couple of years. It, it just, like the storyline doesn't change, it's just different actors. One of the people that I really respect, I'll give you one if you give me one, is a guy named Luke Mann. I don't know if you've heard of him, but he's a great CEO. And uh, he said something recently. He goes, removing inflation from the system takes pain. It doesn't take the Federal Reserve. It takes pain. And I like finding some gurus, but again, I don't trust them all. Any ones that you have? We got about 30 seconds left. I, I really, I mean, I, I read a lot of them, but mm -hmm. the ones that'll come up with these major bold predictions of, you know, the, the market's going to go down by 20% or it's flat for fun, they, they're always wrong. Okay. Um, so I, I just really look at the, the numbers, you know, our revenues growing and our costs under control. Um, what's the price to earnings ratio versus interest rates of the S and P 500. And, mm -hmm. and where are we at? Are we, is it cheap? Is it expensive? Is it yep. fairly valued? Say hello to a pass that gives you endless travel for $2,500 per month with no nightly rates, taxes, or fees. You might call it the suitcase is always packed pass or the wait. I get to choose from 100,000 trips pass. The will it be the beach city mountains are all free pass. Or you could just call it what we call it, the Inspirato Pass. Endless travel for $2,500 per month with no nightly rates, taxes, or fees. Learn more at inspiratopass.com. So the Strokes have a song, Chad. I guess something like this, making bad decisions, making bad decisions for you. Oh, I'm making bad decisions, making bad decisions. Let's talk about making bad decisions when there's a down market. Earlier, we talked a little bit about how it's the worst time to be hitting retirement. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about some examples of different allocations over time that might be good decisions versus bad decisions. What do you have for me? Well, I mean, I, I think a, a bad decision would be, you know, going all to cash um, because that's at the point that you're going to guarantee you're going to lose money at the rate of inflation. Okay. And that's um, really high right now. So that's really bad. Yeah. I mean, I think we've seen peak inflation. Okay. Um, so, but I, I, but I also think we're not going to enjoy what we enjoyed the last two decades because globalization created a situation where things became, continue to become cheaper over time, almost everything except, um, you know, housing and, and healthcare costs, let's say, um, and even food, uh, and energy for the most part were, were pretty low for years, but now we're at this you know, realliance of global powers and, and deglobalization because of go COVID. So that's going to bring more companies 
to produce back into the U.S. and Mexico, where labor, labor is a little bit more expensive. So we're going to see a period of higher inflation. Um, but I don't think it's going to be you know, out of control inflation like it was throughout the 80s. Um, so what that means is you can't just sit in cash. Now, you do need a certain amount of cash. You know, Five years prior to retirement, you need to have done a very intensive cash flow projection where you know, how, these are my expenses, including taxes and healthcare costs, minus my automatic income like Social Security pension, maybe dependable rental income and some dependable dividends and interest from your taxable account. What's left over is what you have to draw from your portfolio on a down market. You need three years worth of that safe. And so your, your safe money, you can find online FDIC insured banks like you know, Flourish, Marcus, Ally, Capital One 360. Although I've, I've seen Capital One 360, you know, kind of bait and switch people <laughs> over time on the rates and they're having to open up more accounts. But, but you can at least get, you know, 1.75 or more on your cash. Mm-hmm. Um, when I got into the business, you know, you could get five or 6% on your cash in your CDs, six to 12 month CDs. So you, you see what I mean? It's still low historical interest rates. I was talking to EP Wealth's Adam Phillips yesterday and, uh, he talked, he, he was, he sounded a little bit more dire than me. I always try to find the optimism to his reality. And I'm like, you know, mortgages at 6% aren't that bad because I had a mortgage at 10%, you know, 25 years ago. And he goes, good thing to remember. You're right. Um, but yeah, my, my first house in the, in the mid nineties, I remember kind of being excited that I got my mortgage down to 8.1%. Right. So <laughs> when you see 6% mortgages, it's historically pretty good. Um, yeah, it's just that, you know, it's, you, you look at it and, and, you know, when we traditionally analyze a, a, a rental property, you know, an easy way to look at it is, uh, you know, if you were to buy it for all cash is, are you going to net more than 5%? income after you pay your property taxes and property manager. If so, it starts to be a pretty attractive deal. And then you look at it and say, okay, if I only put 20 or 30% down and leverage the rest, am I still positive cash flow? And that's still hard to do right now because prices went up so much. Either mm-hmm. prices have to go down or rents have to go up to make that deal more attractive. So things just adjust. When interest rates adjust, everything around it has to adjust, including the price to earnings ratio on, on stocks, especially stocks that are more valued or higher growth rates on revenue versus profits, like tech stocks, for example. So that's why tech stocks are so sensitive to interest rates because of the discounted cash flow modeling for valuation. And that means what's the value of all these future, you know, all this future revenue of this company? What's it discounted to and valued at today? And you have to use a current interest rate to do that. And as interest rates go up, the valuations go down. Now, I was reminded talking to a CFP yesterday at EP Wealth, things to do in a rough market, tax losses, but also things like Roth conversions. Let's talk tax losses first. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts that we need to do in a down market? Well, yeah, if you know that you have already some capital gains this year, you know, mm-hmm. you sold real estate, you sold other stock, um, yep. sold some you know, ESPPs at work, um, or you know eventually you're going to be selling stock, like you have highly appreciated stock in your portfolio that you're eventually going to need to live off in retirement. But you've invested new money throughout the year and you buy a stock or an ETF that's down, you can sell it, buy something similar because I don't want you to be out of the market, right? I don't care if the market continues to decline or go up, it, you're, you're going to earn dividends. So I want you to stay invested, but you can buy something else that's fairly similar, not the same, but similar and hold that for 
30 days. And on the 31st day, sell that, go back into what you like better. And you can harvest that loss on paper in your taxable account. So if it's a you know, brokerage account, a Schwab Fidelity or joint with your spouse or in a trust account, that's what I'm talking about. And even if you don't have any other gains, you can carry those losses forward forever to use them to offset other gains that you may eventually have when you sell additional stock, real estate, or your business. So you can actually create a uh, kind of a, a credit over time with the IRS um, on your Schedule D of your tax return. Just make sure and, you don't forget about that treasure chest of credits, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. That's, and that you track it every year on your Schedule D. It should just carry forward. And that could be very, very valuable in the future because I think that capital gains rates will go up in the future anyway. So doing a tax loss harvesting, um, if you know you're going to have future capital gains is, is very attractive. Because essentially you can get, you know, between state and federal taxes, you can get 30% of that loss back just by making a trade in the form of a, a tax deduction. Interesting things to do in rough markets. Again, it's not something we want to do. I remember in the early 2000s, friends would say, I'm not going to even open my brokerage account statement this month. Before brokerage account statements were online, you'd get that mail and it would just stay there for a couple of days in your mailbox, so to speak. What about IRA to Roth conversions? Because there's math involved in that. I think that may be an intimidating step, but intimidating in a rough market could be two intimidating steps for people. Well, yeah. So the idea here with the IRA to Roth conversions is that you have to look out a very long term. So you never want to do this unless you've got a really detailed financial plan where you can, you know, our, our clients can go into their financial planning site and click on a cash flow statement and a tax statement, see what their taxes are projected to be when they're 80. And they can also see what are the required minimum distributions re- looking like at age 72 and beyond where you're forced to pull money out of your IRAs and 401ks, 403bs. And so you can look at a long-term projection of what your effective tax brackets are going to be. And so if you're looking at your financial situation and you realize, okay, yeah, I have money to retire. I'm going to be leaving money to my kids. And from the date of retirement through age 72, I'm in a pretty low tax bracket. The best, the, the best way to fight that increase in taxes at age 72 is to do small IRA to Roth conversions where you're paying the taxes now, you're moving money from your IRA to your Roth, and anybody can do it. There's no income limits to do it. Um, you can pay the taxes now, move money from an IRA to a Roth, and then after five years, it's essentially a, a pool of money that's growing tax-free for the rest of your life. And then when your kids inherit it, they can have another 10 years of tax-free growth beyond that. It's, it's a really good benefit to leave to the kids. Now, did you imply you do that later in life when your taxes are lower or do you yeah. do it right now? You later it, in life, okay. Typically, it's, let's say you retire at 62. You've got okay. this window from 62 through 71 that you're gonna, that's the prime time to do it. But okay. there's a lot of planning involved because when are you taking Social Security? Social Security is gonna be typically 85% taxable for most people. Um, so that can affect it. Um, what are you doing with your medical costs and any kind of, you know, forecasted premium assistance through like a covered California plan? Um, if you're 65 and beyond taking Medicare, there is something called IRMA where IRA to Roth conversion is going to make you pay higher Medicare Part B premiums. There's a lot that goes into the analysis. But if you can take, you know, a stock, a mutual fund or an ETF that's down 20, 30% because of a short term market correction, 
and, and move it at a discount, pay taxes now into a Roth IRA where eventually the market rebounds and recovers and continues to average 10, 11% for the rest of your life, where it's kind of doubling every seven to 10 years and it's tax-free, you'll never pay taxes on it again. What a great time to do it when the market's down. Interesting. You blow me away with your depth of financial knowledge. And I'm, I've talked to other financial planners who, are, who know just as much, but you're able to explain it as well as know it. You put some notes in, and we got about two minutes. You said things to do in rough markets, averaging cash. What does that mean? I still, I'm running into tons of people. Uh, so I ran into a really large portfolio um, that somebody came into the office, actually a referral from a local Fidelity office. Um, and th- the person had been in cash for five years. And in the portfolio, there was some inverse ETFs, which are never a long-term hold. I want to tell people right now, steer clear of those things unless you're, you know, <laughs> a full-time job as a day trader. Right. That means, I mean, just, you know, disaster to the portfolio and lots of gold because they got pessimistic on the world. And gold has not done what it's supposed to do with inflation, just like crypto has not done what it's supposed to do when you have global currency issues like Russia and Venezuela. Um, so those types of big changes in your strategy are never good. Going all in or all out or going super pessimistic and betting against the stock market, you will lose your shirt over time and, and you know not be able to retire. Yeah, those inverse relationship funds, I think they're meant for like holding for a week or a day. But when you start doing it longer, just the internal cost eat up your returns and it doesn't work out for many people. Thanks, Chad. You can find his podcast, New Focus on Wealth with Chad Burton at any place where you find podcasts. It's interesting. I find myself listening to more podcasts today than uh, watching television. Uh, and again, we're shifting our habits ever so slowly, but the area what I would, would not want to be is broadcast television, ABC, NBC, CBS. They used to be the Tiffany networks and not so much anymore. You can also find Chad online at chadburton.com. That's chadburton.com. We're talking about retirement issues that you need to think about. You keep coming back to this, Chad, and I, I keep wanting to go, let's talk stocks, let's talk stocks, but you keep saying, let's talk healthcare. What do we need to know? What, what more do you want us to know? Because you're on the front lines of retirement issues. Yeah, and I, I, like I said, the... The happiest retirees I have, I've got you know one retiree that swims the Alcatraz swim a couple of times a year in his 70s. That's cool. With a whole group of others that do it as well. Um, and they're busy with volunteer work, with foundation work, um, grandkids. It's, they're just really, really happy, but they're also really, really healthy. Um, they eat really, really well. And I think a lot of people, as, especially as they're in the height of their career, um, they, they kind of ignore their health because they're too busy to do it. And I think, okay, what, am, what are you going to do to start getting back into that idea? I'm going to become healthier. Uh, I'm going to work on my health, especially as I get close to retirement. So I think one of the easiest things to do is, is obviously fix your sleep and your diet, right? And I think one of the easiest diets, if you don't know, if you don't want to go through all the food intolerance testing with both, um, there's different ways to do that. See what, based on your blood type, your ancestral history, what are you supposed to be eating? I think the safest diet to go to is the Mediterranean diet. It helps you know reduce inflammation. It's healthy. It's a good way to eat, and it's kind of an easier way to do things. And then just lots of walking. You know, get to the you know get your steps in per day. And if you walk after every single meal, that just helps you burn more, and it helps you get into that physical activity mode. 
Um, and, and that really kicks people off in the right direction. And so when looking at studies in retirement, the people that seem to be the healthiest are combining different types of exercise. So the people that are not the healthiest, Rob, are the chronic cardio people, right? Okay. So I know you used to run a lot. I don't know if you still do, but nope. if all you do is run, as you age and you get older and older, you're increasing cortisol levels. And that's very, very bad on your heart. And so you'll see somebody that runs constantly and they look physically fit, but a lot of times they're not that healthy as they age and they continue to do that. So you want to combine your exercises. You have to have that weight training in there for bone density. So, you know, weight training full body once a week, play some sort of a racket sport like pickleball, tennis, do some biking and do some swimming. So those that, you know, just even pick four days a week to do one of those things, um, they're very, very healthy. And, and that's a really good way to stay in shape. Um, and it's also a lot of those things, especially like pickleball and tennis, um, it really good socially. People really love that. Um, so I think having a plan that says, okay, when I retire, I always have to have something that's going to get me out of bed every day. And if that first thing that you do, whether it's, you know, go straight into exercise or meditation into exercise, that sets the stage for your entire day and your health. And you'll spend less money on healthcare costs and you'll enjoy retirement. You'll be able to play with your grandkids and continue to travel and hike and do all those things you used to do versus spending your mid 70s into your 80s going to the doctor two to three times a week. Because Western medicine is like, it's this, okay, well, here's this pill for that. Whether than looking at the cause of the issue, I mean, Western medicine is a, is a bit of a joke, right? Um, what, is the co- what is causing these issues? And you have to fix your sleep, your hormone levels, and your diet, and just start walking after your meals. And that will put you way ahead of the game. Some of the stuff I chime in right away with you like walking i got a dog zero one one zero one one um which is the international code for murder because she i have to walk her an hour a day walking an hour a day gets me out right yep um but then you start talking about it's a little fringy where you're like you know your hormone levels um i don't know my hormone levels i don't know my ancestral this blood is type epidemic like, I mean, the, the how, do I, how do I find out my hormone levels? Well, first of all, if you, you can go to your normal doctor and they're going to give you a, you could get your, your testosterone checked, right? And they're going to give you okay. a reading. Oh, here, this is normal range. Well, it's normal range versus other tests that Western doctors are doing, right? And if you look at testosterone levels for men in the US, it's declined like 30% in the last 15 years. And it's because of, um, I mean, if you look at some of the studies on it, Rob, it's even birth control and the water that we're drinking that's affecting testosterone in men. It's, it's crazy. I, I can the, believe that. The drop in testosterone levels is, is, is terrible in this country. And it's also, and even women, and it's affecting relationships big time. Um, so you, you need to get, the first thing you have to do is get your sleep on track because when you sleep, um, you know, if you don't sleep enough, then your cortisol levels go up. And that's a huge cause of inflation and inflammation, which is leads to cancer and every other thing. So you got to fix your sleep, which will help fix your hormone levels, but you get, get tested. If you just feel awful and you can't exercise, you have no drive for your day or anything like that. Um, I've encouraged a lot of clients to go get checked on that. Yeah. Apple's um, working on sleep issues, obviously, because, you know, Tim Cook said the biggest thing that I plan to leave behind for Apple's legacy is healthcare. Mm-hmm. Um, 
clearly it's a big issue where there's a lot of money involved. Um, but you also talked about testing your horm- uh, testing your ancestral blood levels. We only have about 30 seconds to be fast with that. How do you do that? Well, I was having a bunch of trouble. I, you know, I've, I think I've said this on air before that I've had to change diet and exercise routines now because I've always been into fitness. I mean, I wrestled in college, so mm-hmm. I had a level of fitness that I'll never achieve again, but at least I have a, <laughs> a pinnacle point. Um, but I had to change drastically. Part of it is because Hashimoto's runs in my family where your body wants to attack its thyroid. So, um, you can control a lot of that by diet. So I had to, mm-hmm. what foods am I supposed to cut out? Okay. Two of my favorite things, coffee and cheese. I had to, I was supposed to eliminate totally. I can't totally do it, but I had to cut down a lot and that's helping with inflammation, for example. That's just me. I don't know what you need. A lot of this stuff you find out when you hit 40 years old, you can find CFP Regional Director for EP Wealth, Chad Burton at chadburton.com. That's chadburton.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.